Hey everyone, welcome to the Creating the Comics Addendum episode. So this week piggybacks off of episode one, where we talk about writing for comics, and it features my interview with writer and creator of Path of the Pale Rider, Lori Calcaterra. So this interview was conducted a few weeks ago, so I wanted to give a heads up that the campaign for the third issue of Lori's book, Path of the Pale Rider, is live on Kickstarter right now, or at least as I am recording and releasing uh, this. So if you have a chance, please go to Kickstarter and search for Path of the Pale Rider, or you can check the link in the description. It is a fantastic book. I've read the first two issues. It's really well written. It's beautifully drawn. It's high concept, uh, everything that I love, and I'm sure that you will too. So again, check it out. And without further ado, let's get to the interview. I'm here with Lori Calcaterra. Uh, Lori is a writer and creator. Lori, uh, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I love coming on and talking about comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, it's been a journey for me, and um, it's been it's been great to talk to different creators and and get their their experience and their feedback. Um, it's been just really illuminating this whole process. So I guess to start, maybe tell me a little bit about yourself and your own background in comics. Like, what got you into just comics as as a medium? Um, it's really a fun, uh, interesting story. Um, I actually started reading comics probably in college. Um, so I wasn't really reading as a young adult, uh, comics books. Yes, but not comics. But when I found comics, it was like, oh my God, the doors open, you know, lights shine down, all the light bulbs turn on, music was playing. So like comics is awesome because you have a visual, uh, medium and it's like, you can take yourself out. It's still like immersive you know what i mean yeah. um but you can read it and now you can read it on your phone your tablet wherever you you know on your um electronics as well so i actually was not writing until we'll back up so i've been doing martial arts for 25 years okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um have a large community of people that i'm connected to and started a fight team so we choreograph fight scenes for production companies. This was back in Detroit in like 2017. So we choreographed some things. We put together a fight tape. And um, so I paid, I wrote this uh, short film called Catfishing. And um, we choreographed it. It's like seven minutes of just fighting. And it was like insane um, the amount of time that you have to film this thing. Anyway, so the production company decided they really liked my work and asked me to write stuff for them. So I was mm -hmm. writing web series for them. Um, I wrote uh, a, a spy espionage one called The Agency. Um, we started production. We, we filmed most of the pilot, but like right around the same time that reshoots needed to happen, my family moved to Texas. Okay. So I didn't get finished, right? Um, but I got the writing bug there. So I wrote this. I had this idea for my comic back in 2018, um, wrote it out and had no idea what I was going to do with it. Yeah. It's a full length movie screenplay. And I uh, was like, people from production were like, pitch it to Netflix. But it's like, how do you do that? That's a yeah. whole process in and of itself. Um, sat on it for a couple of years, did nothing. Um, my husband read it and the light bulb turned on and he said, this is a comic book. So at that point, we were reading like The Walking Dead, um, Invincible, Battle Pope, uh, fables, um, why the last man standing saga, you know, lots of DC comics, some Marvel comics, but, um, if you ever, we can have a whole discussion about like DC versus Marvel yeah. and like, what we actually consume from those, you know, two big, um, yeah. studios. But, um, 
so yeah. So at that point we had read a ton of comics and it made sense like to us to see this come to life as a comic instead mm-hmm. of taking it to production. The story is so big. It was like, we could take it to Netflix and I would probably lose control of the creative process because I'm a first time writer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then it became like, okay, we want to make a comic book. How do we do that? Yeah. So and that's so, kind of like the journey that you're on now. It's like, yeah. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And then if it if, if it works as a comic, you you're in the driver's seat. If if it is something that gets take you know picked up by exactly. By so at that point, yeah. it's like your series needs to have a following, but you get to develop the story. People yeah. are invested in the characters exactly. the way they are. So yeah. then, if someone like a Netflix Flix picks it up, they're in their best interest to treat it like. Um, Last of Us, <laughs> yeah. where they're pretty close to the script of what yeah. happened in the either the comic book or in that case, the, the video game, as opposed to changing everything like they did with The Witcher and then lost all their fans, yeah. right? So yeah. if you stay true to the material, your fans will come along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> now, did, that out. did you have a background in creative writing before kind of getting into that? Or was this your kind of first foray into creative writing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I had done some writing in like high school, nothing really, I never really had that writing bug until, yeah. until like, I have a, I have a few stories now at this point, but th- this one is one of my bigger ones. I have like the agency, which is still, I think that one would be perfect for a comic book. Cause it was written in issues. Like it yeah. would, like it would uh, be episodes for um, a TV series. So I have 12 issues of that. And then I have path of the pill writer, which um, there's 13 um, issues in the first season, kind of the like first season, and then it closes out and it starts a new season, and then there's going to be a third one. So there's okay. that one, and then I have like a um, supernatural superhero one, kind of like John Constantine world, yeah, like that. So I have that one as well. But I got my fingers in like all sorts of stuff now. So it's yeah. like now that I did that, um, I love it. Well, you get, it's like you get bit by the bug. I think I kind of had that same experience as getting bitten by that, um, like by that comic bug. It's it's interesting how it worked because like I was, I was not, I mean, I've, I've, I've done a lot of writing over the years and, um, was working, you know, on, on a, um, on a prose novel, like just, I've been working, really? and this I mean, I've literally been working on this thing for 20 years and uh, I'd finally gotten into writing it in earnest and then kind of started in with a comic idea. And then I just pushed everything else aside. Cause then it went from one idea to the next. And then this whole process has taken over. So, so I can definitely see kind of getting, you know, bitten by the bug. Yeah. Um, and I gotta say, I'm that like terrible person to go see a movie with where I'm like, he did it. And they're, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. No, we can't possibly. Oh, he did it. You know, we're like, this is all a dream. And it's like, no, it's oh, it's all a dream. My husband hates seeing movies with me because I always say the things and then like it happens on the screen. He's like, God damn it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's actually my wife is like that. Like, I'm I'm, it's funny because I'm the one that's uh, I don't want to say she's she's very creative in her own right way. But I'm the one that's like that writes stories. And uh but like I, I could watch something and everything goes over my head and no. she'll know like a few <laughs> minutes into like, you know, a, a two hour movie, like, oh, it's this person or this is why they did it. And she's, she's really good at that where I'm like terrible, yeah. terrible at that. But what I like about that ability that I have is now I'm able to write a story where people have no idea what's going to happen yeah. because yeah. I make it like I craft a story. Um, and then people are just like, oh, and I'm like, yes, like yeah. it hit the right way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, that actually, it's funny. The, um, 
one time where I knew that the script that I was working on, I, mean, I had a few, I, I still, I mean, it's like, I think I'm pretty sure the script that I, that I, that is the comic that will be my first published uh, book is very, is good. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know, but very good. But where I knew the story worked was when she, we were on a plane. Um, we were, I forget what we were coming back from. We were on vacation and she couldn't put my phone down. So she was like, she couldn't stop reading it. She loved the story, but she couldn't figure out like, you know, and not that it's like the, the seeds are there. So it's like, you can figure a couple things, but, but she didn't. So that kind of worked for me. It's like, okay, good. She, you know, like, yeah. like, it's not, you know, it's, 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 uh, that, that it passed that test. I yeah, exactly. Guess. Where it's like, they have to keep reading to know if yeah. you're right. Cause the seeds are there, but it's like, yeah. they can't put it all together. And then when the moment hits, they're just like, Oh, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's so the best. So you, so you have this idea, you're ready, you you know, you decide, yeah. okay, I, I'm making a comic. What was, you know, what was your next step? Like, what did you do um, to, to, once you make that decision, I'm writing a comic, like what, what did you do after, after you make that choice? Well, the first thing I had to do was review the script um, mm. and break it up into issues because mm. when I had written it, it had intentions of being a full length movie. So I had to figure out how many issues was it going to be? Um, where was good stopping points? Um, I had to rewrite some things because like it made sense to stop here, but there wasn't enough material in this issue. Um, you know, you got to really go through a lot of editing and rereading and research and um, and have some thought about where your story is going. Because when I finished my first 13, you know, the first movie, the 13 issues, um, I started writing the next ones because I knew where it was going. And then I found loopholes. Mm -hmm. So then I had to go back and fix them. Yeah. Or then I found opportunities where I could foreshadow what was going to happen in the next series because it's so good. You know what I mean? Then I was like, this character is so cool. We're going to drop him into episode three and see if people can recognize him when they get to 14. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'll be like, I've seen this guy before. Where have I seen him? Yeah. Oh, he's so in now episode three. <laughs> Where, so what do you how how is a screen obviously a screenplay is going to be longer than like a single issue of a comic but yeah. what are the other differences before we get to the technical like you know as far as like how you write it different like what are maybe some of the structural differences then and, and how you have to reframe your mind to write you know to take a you know to take a, a longer screenplay and turn that into a you know series of comics well they're written completely differently yeah. um by their standard for that community yeah. i don't know how i want to say that but like screenplays are very like um descriptive and then you have like night and day and location and all these descriptions of what's going on and then you have dialogue and it's like cut to black or this kind of framing the face and you know what i mean and the transitions yeah. and none of that happens in comics but yeah. in comic writing typically it's page one panel one this happens you know, and then key moments like we need to show this in the background or so-and-so is fighting a bear and he has a knife. You know mm. what I mean? To give the artist context clues of what needs to be in that panel, but it's not as dialogue heavy on the comic book version of a script. Yeah. Typically. So now, how did um, I did not transfer mine from, from screenplay to comic book. My artist reads the screenplay. Okay. And he does the panel. Oh, interesting. Okay, got it. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So now since then, let's say on your newer work though, you're you are you still doing that kind of writing it as a screenplay and the artist changes it, or are you now writing kind of full comic scripts um to deliver to the artist? It depends on which artist I'm working with. Yeah. Because okay. 
like for Path of the Pale Rider, I've always wrote written it as a screenplay. Yeah. Um, Marco DeFillo is my artist, and he is a hundred percent capable of seeing what's on the page and translating it into you know the twenty two or twenty four pages or however many we're doing thirty two, yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? But him and I usually sit down and we have um, a meeting about you know what's important, um, where the pages turn. You know what yeah. I mean? Because like, as you turn the pages, if you want a moment to hit, you want it to be when you turn the page or end, you know, end with it. Like here's a big moment. And then you're starting a new thought by turning the yeah. page. So there's a lot of conversation about that. There's conversations about how much time things need to have in the pages. So like issue number two, path of the pill rider has a saloon brawl because it's a Western. So we have this big old fight, which is hugely important to the plot. So it gets more pages. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then like, the, even though the end is really important, what happens? Two pages. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all yeah. that happens because then we leave people hanging. Um, yeah. So we have that kind of conversation, but then Marco's the kind of guy where I just get out of his way. And the stuff that he turns out, like he'll do like pencil sketches and we'll look at his pencil sketches and kind of decide which ones work. Yeah. And then he'll go. So I really don't have to be hands-on with him. He does the planning. Yeah. Um, and I just get out of his way. So it depends on the artist. Some of them want like yeah. what's in panel one, what's in panel two, what's in yeah. panel three, how many panels do you want on a page? You know what I mean? Yeah. But and, it just, and yeah, and that's a whole other discussion is like the yeah, that interact the relationship <laughs> with an artist. Cause I yeah, I found everybody, everyone is different in what they what their needs are, yep. what they want, what works cool. for them. Like some are great with you just give them an idea and they figure everything out, and others you know, they, they want every detail, you know, um, um, yeah. planned out. So now when it comes to, let's say writing, if you're writing specifically a comic script, how yes. did you learn to do that? Because it's such a specific and different thing from prose or from screenplays. How did you learn that? Was it just kind of just, just practicing it? Like look, mm -hmm. read anything? Like what, what was your process of kind of learning? Um, I've read it? other, yeah, that's the thing is um, I have other people, friends, there are comic book writers who write in that manner. Yeah. Um, so you get exposed to it because again, I wasn't writing that way in the beginning. Um, I'm part of Charter Comics. Uh, that's my publisher. And they have multiple projects where they bring in freelance writers like myself. So I'm part of that freelance team. So they'll have like, um, they have a comic book series called Psycho Sal, which, which is really interesting because it's broken up by three issues, three issues, and three issues. So the first three issues, um, there's a serial killer that's loose in uh, 1980s New Orleans. And he's killing people and he's leaving things behind and there. So it's about like the, the police and the detective that are trying to track down this guy and understand his pattern in order to get him. Right. So that's one, two, yeah. and three, four, five, and six are the same incident, the same time frame, but written from the perspective of the victim. Okay. Who is female. So I'm writing that one. Okay. Four, oh, five cool, and cool. six. Yeah. So again, like I get the script for one, two, and three, because I have to know it happens in one, two, and three. Right. So that way I can show, you know, her point of view of what's happening, but it has to line up time wise line, yeah. you know, so it all is a continuous story. And yeah. then and then um, seven, eight, nine are then going to be told from the serial killer's point of view. Oh, wow. So okay. that's a really oh, that's I've never seen that done before. It's really cool. Um, so, yeah, so you get exposed to it. You learn it. Um, my publisher is super cool. Um, one of our CEOs is called his name is Chris Hayes, and he's a comic book writer. He's written mm -hmm. multiple series. So a lot of times if I'm just not sure, I write it and I'm just like, is this descriptive enough for so-and-so <laughs> because he's yeah. worked with that artist and he'll be like, oh, yeah. a little more. So 
Um, it's also great to, like you, like you say, find someone that's done it and then ask questions. Um, yeah. A lot of people in this community are very um, willing to pass along information and help others yeah. grow because we love indie comics. We're seeing yeah. the same regurgitated information all the time. We want yeah, the new exactly. stuff, yeah. the new and exciting and upcoming, right? That's what we yeah. are. And they're in, you, know, you get interesting stories, different perspectives. You learn so much. So I think it's, it, it's, yeah. And it, it is a, definitely a welcoming community that, that I've yeah, I agree. It's, it's not like a bunch of people who are like afraid that you're going to take their spot or, or, or that you're going to encroach on, you know, like everybody's very welcoming and warm. And it's been that, that's been a great part of like right. this experience as well. So what, what would you say has been the biggest challenge for you uh, as a, a comic writer? As a writer? Yeah. Like as far as just writing comics, like what's been like the biggest cha challenge or most eye-opening thing or something that like when you started that process, you, you would not have expected it to be as, you know, as much of a challenge. The writing comes easy to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes you get writer's block, but that's normal for everybody. Like yeah. I'm stuck on issue nine in the second series and it's like a technical fight and I know what I need to do, but I just need to sit down and kind of slog through it. Yeah. Um, writing to me is kind of like feast or famine. And it, a lot of it has to do with time. I, okay. So yeah. that's the challenging part is the time. Yeah. Because um, you might find yourself with writer's block where you need to do something to break through it. Or you have so many ideas that you can't keep them all straight and you're trying to get them out, but you don't have time to. Yeah. Um, I have two small children. Um, it's the time. It's the time. Like I have my home life. Um, I have my show. I have all these other projects that I want to be a part of. And it's just yeah. like the writing. Well, I'm so far ahead in the script at this point. Like we're producing, we're publishing issue two and I'm writing like 26. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's so not yeah. a priority, so right? Yeah. Absolutely. So the timing of it, but I, I think I did it the right way where yeah. it's like, you get far enough ahead in the script where if you get to a block, it's not like people are like, come on, Lori, where's your script? I need yeah. it because we have a deadline. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm so far ahead that it's like, I'll work it out when I, when I get there, you yeah. know, but it's not holding anything else up. Yeah. So, no, okay. So now if you're talking to, let's say a brand new artist, a brand new writer, um, mm -hmm. what would you say? Cause obviously we, and we've touched on it a little bit, like where, what are the differences, I guess, between writing for writing prose and writing for comics? Like what, what would you say is the, the thing that a, that a new writer is going to need to be aware of if they're writing comics versus like, cause I do think there are people that maybe think it's way easier than it is. You know, I think it's there not. are a lot, including me and you know, a lot of people, I think when they get into it, it's like, oh, it can't be that hard. And then you get into it and realize how difficult it is, you know, compared to writing prose. I mean, you know, obviously writing that, you know, prose has its own issue, you know, challenges, just like a script or a screen play has its own challenges but what would you say is the main thing that a new writer is going to have to consider you know if they're switching over from writing prose to writing comics couple things one you have to understand that all of your dialogue may not fit on the page mm -hmm. um this is a visual medium there's going to be pictures so if you have long drawn out exposition it might not fit with, I mean, look at the screen I have now. I, there's me, there's a microphone, I'm sitting in a chair. It's like, where are you gonna put that bubble? Here, yeah. here, you can't put it here. You, you shouldn't put it over the person, that's a rule. You know what yeah. I mean? So you gotta figure out how you're gonna convey um, information in a clear and concise manner, but still be able to um, elicit an emotion. Like mine is very, my world is very quiet. So that's one of my challenges is it's a 2D medium. 
Yeah. So if there's sounds happening, we either have to create like a sound um, text bubble or something, you know what I mean? To explain what's going on, but it's not going to convey the same then if pro zero, like the loud noise happened in the background when yeah. so-and-so stepped on the rubber chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also you have to find someone who's able to communicate emotion and like with faces and stuff like that. So it's not just the words that are important. The art is 50%. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't matter how good your writing is. You also need that art yeah. to carry its weight. So my artist is fabulous with um communicating with even no words like jude jude is just you know he's just he has disgusting you know faces like oh what does you see something or smell something or you know he's an open book it's like he he smirks a lot he um he you know does this kind of thing so it's like he does stuff um art wise that's going to also tell your story but if you yeah. know what you want your artist to draw freaking put it in the script yeah. <laughs> Where it's like Jude um, kind of scrunched his nose at this and then shrugged his shoulders before he walked away. So if you're able to put the gestures in there to kind of help yeah. your artist, that's great. But yeah. you got to make sure that um, you're able to convey emotion, you know, and clear and concise and make sure it's it will fit on the page. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have like a 60 page comic and that's expensive, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, very expensive. <laughs> um, so now what what's your personal like, what's your approach to writing? So if you're like, okay, you know, are you someone who like, do you set, set aside specific amount of time a day? Do you do you are you the type that methodically plans and then writes or do you just kind of wing it? Like, what's your own approach to to your own writing? I'm usually the wing it. <laughs> no, it's not necessarily winging it. It's more like, Eureka, I have an idea and it has to come out. I have to sit down. So it's like, kids, you need to go to bed. So I put them in bed and I sit at my desk and it just all like pours out. And uh, that's, you know, one of my huge recommendation, recommendations for anyone who's starting, get it out, mm. put it on the page. Um, it doesn't matter if it's perfect. You can work it out later, but it's like filling a sand. It's like making a sandcastle. First, you yeah. have to fill the, put the sand in the sandbox. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't have any sand to like sculpt and it's not, it's never going to be a pretty sculpture. It's just going to be an empty box. Yeah. So it's like, get your story out, get it out onto the page. And then you have plenty of time to go back and refine it. And like, I like go back and add foreshadowing or go back and add details. Yeah. Um, make the story better. Let other people read it, get their impression. You know, mm -hmm. did the moments hit like they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just love to sit down and just pour it out. Um, and I need to do that soon because I have a huge battle scene I'm planning okay, and I'm yeah. like, Oh, I need it just to come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's one of the best advices like I've heard ever heard about from a writer is like, just write, you know, that, just get nothing. it out. Yeah. Stop hemming and hawing. Yeah. You're going to tell it to people or you, if it's in your head and it's already concrete, put it on paper. Yeah. No. And that's been my issue personally is like, I think I, I get, I have a lot of ideas and then sometimes I get, I don't know. I'll procrastinate and then I'm afraid almost there's mm -hmm. almost like this fear or, or doubt yeah, that, that creeps up. Um, and, but when people I write, won't and, like it, people yeah. won't think it's good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that was me too, where it's like, I didn't like, like I said, there was the whole two year period where it's like, I did nothing with it. Yeah. Nobody knew it existed. And then like, I let one person read it and like, this is fabulous. Like what yeah. are you doing with it? And I'm like, nothing. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And you need like, that. Sometimes you need that push. Yeah. You need that person to be like, this is a comic book. This is a video game. This is a movie. Do something with yeah. it. 
you know? So now what would you say? So let's say you have somebody who is a brand new writer. How should they spend their first year writing? Should they try to get that idea, like, you know, launch it right away? Should they be pitching? No. Should they just be writing? Like, what would you say like that first year for a writer? What what should they be doing to really work on the craft and, and develop themselves you know, with the idea that they want to produce a comic? OK, so with the idea that you're going to make a comic book, um, you need to do some pre-planning. OK, so one, you need to develop your world of your story create, you know, your idea, put it down. Um, I use three by five cards for a lot of my planning. So what I'll do is I'll have an idea like, okay, so my big idea is death is broken. Nothing can die. Uh, we're all stuck here in our bodies as they decay. So we're like a zombie, but we're not right. So that's my main idea. And then like, you kind of think of like, what would happen to the food supply? What would happen to government? What would happen to people's mentalities as they decay? What are some of the problems that would, you know, how would people react to that? What is the vast, you know, so that's kind of my plan is I build the world. Okay. You want to tell, ask yourself, how many issues am I planning on? Is this a standalone story where it needs to be 24 pages and done? Is it, a short ongoing series where it's like, okay, I have a plan for like six issues and then we're done. Or is it, I have a bigger series or is it an ongoing series where it's just like, I'm just gonna keep writing it forever, yeah. you know, until I get bored and I'll kill it, you know? So have that in mind. Um, so that way you're not doing things like lost the TV show where it's <laughs> yeah. like, we're going to have an issue where yeah. there's a zoo. And it's like, what? This <laughs> makes no sense. So you're going to want to at least have the arc and you're going to want to understand um, basic script writing and storytelling, like first act, second act, third act, how to introduce a character, how to write characters, what's their background, how do you communicate who this person is by letting them make choices, you know what I mean? So you have to be able to put them in situations that the reader can understand with context clues who that main character is. Are they a good guy? Are they a bad guy? Um, are they ambiguous? Why do we care about them? You know, because if you don't have that emotional attachment with your character in the first few pages, people are going to not care. Yeah. That's how it is with TV. Yeah. Watch the no, pilot. Makes... I don't care. Never watch it again. Yeah. You now know, what, and what, what steps once, let's say somebody has built out those ideas, what do you think yep. is the next step for a writer? So once your script is solid, um, Obviously, you've let some people read it. Maybe you've made some tweaks. It's ready for an artist. Go shopping for artists. Mm -hmm. Well, you need to figure out what your budget is because what you're going to get when you enter the artist world is here's my portfolio. Here's my page rate. I'll work for you. And it's like it's all over the map. You know, do they do everything? Are they going to pencil? Are they going to ink? Are they going to color? Are they going to text? Are they going to do all that or do they just pencil and ink? And then you got to find a colorist and a letter. Yeah. So you might have to bring in multiple people for your team to function. You know, how much of that are you going to do? Are you formatting? Are you in charge of printing? Probably. Yeah. So you have to be able to write a budget. So having some financial background is always helpful or at least being able to bring someone in with that skill, yeah. because that if you're going to, pay it out of pocket or you're going to crowdfund it um, or a combination of the two, you're going to have to figure out how much this is going to run you per issue. Yeah. Now, what do you, what are, is, I guess that what's kind of my next question. Maybe this is uh, maybe this is part of it is like, what are some of the uh, mistakes that you see first time writers make? Uh, okay. So a, 
a lot of a lot of us crowdfund. I crowdfund. Okay. So what that means is that a lot of times I will partially produce an issue, very small, maybe like eight pages. Okay. And a color cover. So I pay that out of pocket and then I show people what they're going to get. And I put that on Kickstarter and then I let the backers come and the rest of those funds help pay to complete the issue. That's one model. That's the one that I use. Um, you need to do a lot of advertising. So a lot of times people are like, I have this great idea. People will come. I'll put it on my Facebook page <laughs> yeah. and that's it. And guess what? Their Kickstarter doesn't do a dime. Yeah. They get like their mom and their dad, their cousin, their brother, their neighbor. It's people that they know, but they never really get out of their own box yeah. and reach that outside audience. And that's key. The key is to get in front of your target audience so they can follow you. They yeah. don't know you exist. They can't back you. They can't yeah. support you. They can't buy your comic and they'll never read your story. Yeah. So that's the biggest mistake is that you have you have to do marketing and you have to get out of your bubble. I don't like public speaking. Yeah. Guess what? You do now. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, exactly. I think you have to be. You've got to. If you're not an extrovert, you have to find that piece of you to maybe to get your there. artist is it would be yeah. great if you both were um yeah. you want to learn social media yeah because it's free you gotta you understand how that uh, algorithm works you have yeah. to understand that when you link your kickstarter and your facebook it's going to kill the algorithm and they're not going to show your post <laughs> it's the same for instagram twitter so it's like how do you get around that mm, yeah you know what i mean so um and join communities find people like yourself, who've either done what you do, so you can ask questions because it's like, okay, how do I ship all this stuff? Yeah. Um, okay, what kind of rewards do I want to use on my Kickstarter? What dollar amount should I put on there? What should my Kickstarter look like? What should I put in my video? How do I make a commercial? How long should it be? How many shows should I be on? Yeah, <laughs> that, who should that, I that, use that... to print? And then that I gets, mean, like, it just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. So if you can find the community um, where there's willing people, like I said, that will pass along information or at least point you in the right direction, that yeah. is key. So don't go into this thinking I, you have to do it all by yourself. You're much more successful with a village who can support yeah. you, especially on social media, because the key to advertising for free is to have a group of people that will share your posts in their yeah. feed as well. Yeah, no, that's great. No, this is all great, great information. So um, as we wrap up, a couple questions for you. What are your, who are your favorite writers Um, or your, you know, your favorite, Um, we could be comics, could be write, um, could be you know, prose, whatever it is. Like who are some of your, your places where you're, you know, writers that you draw inspiration from? Big inspirations. Well, definitely Robert Kirkman, mm -hmm. um, Invincible, um, Outcast, or Oblivion Song, Outcast, uh, Walking Dead, you know, those, I'm a big fan of those. Um, Charlie Allard, hold on a second. I'm looking for my big book. Hickman. Okay. <laughs> He's another one of my favorites. Yeah. This is East of West. If nobody is, if you haven't read this, go buy it today. This mm. is a fabulous um apocalypse series about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and this is death who the other horsemen tried to kill it's amazing okay um so hickman for sure um I, I i you know it's just it's weird because usually comic book writers are not glorified 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Chuck Dixon yeah. is a big fan of mine too, because he wrote like Batman. And I've got to I got to meet him personally and interview him. He's fabulous. Mm -hmm. Um, he created the character of Bane for okay. the Batman uh, yeah. series, and he used to write obviously in the 90s. Um, super interesting guy. Stuff. So talk um, a little bit about, about uh Path of Pale Rider. I have it, it's it's a great book. Um, you. and you know, and like you know, if you I, I, I have you launched the second um campaign yet? We finished the second finished campaign. Second. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, we just finished the comic. It's going to print this week. Got it. Okay. Cool. So that's where we're at. So yeah. So talk um, about it a little bit. Um, you know, sell. So, you know, so, if, if you want to talk about the the comic, sure. I know you, you brought it up a little bit, but yeah, it, it it is really great. And um, yeah, definitely share what you what you like. Yeah, we're um, we're interesting. I'll say that much. <laughs> so in Path of the Pale Rider, it's ten years into the apocalypse where the death process has been broken. So I kind of mentioned before, like death broke something happened and now nobody can transition what i mean by that is your body dies but your soul your energy whatever you want to call it, your consciousness it doesn't leave your body when your body dies it's stuck in it so you get to hang out while your body decays and as your brain is decaying you get to it's almost like alzheimer's where it's mm -hmm. like you can be forgetful you can get violent you can be just detached or uncaring. Um, it can cause a lot of problems if you have a large population that is going through this at different yeah. rates. Um, it just depends on how people die and um, how much access they have to their brains. So it's like they're in a situation where like they've seen zombie movies and they think they're going to end as end an undead person by shooting them in the head and all they do is make them more chaotic because <laughs> now they have less of their brain to use yeah. um you know and it's like there's problems with food because it affects animals it affects insects nothing can die so it's like can we eat beef anymore we <laughs> can't tackle a cow like even if you could grind it up into beef would it still be moving while yeah. you tried to eat it the answer is yes, then that's okay. <laughs> so those chicken nuggets <laughs> with, with such a high concept idea. Why did you choose to go the Western route? Things basically devolve back to the Wild West in society. Mm. after 10 years, government is its own very specialized thing. Um, but people it's like it's survivalist. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like if you you have a gun, but you probably don't have bullets because yeah. either they stop making them, they're not effective against the undead. So it's like you have to kind of like pull together what you have um, and like depending on where you go in the course, this is in the United States, um, things are different. You know what I mean? You might have a community that pretends the apocalypse never happened. You might have this community where it's like both undead and living are accepted and treated the same. Um, mm -hmm. It just depends on where you are. And we're following this cowboy He's basically the last guy still looking for the answer. Why yeah. do the dead no longer die? You know what I mean? Any kind of crisis, people go into survival mode um, and they stop They stop looking for the answer. How many zombie movies, and this is a pet peeve of mine, how many zombie movies have you watched where they're like, zombies, but then they're like, we don't, we don't know what happened and we don't care. Yeah. Like they never answer the question, was it yeah. a virus? Like certain ones, like 28 days later, it's a virus. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Walking Dead, they're like, it's something that came down in a meteor and they never yeah. really explain it. Yeah. Right. Um, this story is the why. So okay. our cowboy is going through the wild and he's still looking for the answer. Um, he has followed basically every conspiracy theory that's out there trying to figure it out and it's kind of like pinpointed it to this one guy he's looking for mm -hmm. named Dwayne Fink. So issue one, he's kind, he's in the wild. You get to see 
Jude make a lot of decisions. Um, he interacts with like a, a lady and her young child that's like was born after the apocalypse. It happened. How he interacts with his horse um, almost gets eaten by wolves, almost gets eaten by this undead bear. Mm -hmm. um, and then the consequences to his decisions and how they're so dire. Like this world is so unforgiving. Any little thing like picking up a glass on a road can have major consequences. So that's kind of like issue number one. Yeah. Um, issue number two, he gets to this town. He finds this guy, Dwayne Fink, but then he's the town drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and the people there are very unfriendly. Um, and some of the decisions, I don't want to spoil this one because it's just coming out. So some of the decisions that he has to make in order to talk to Dwayne Fink, um, it's iffy if he's doing the right thing or not, or if we can even trust this guy that he yeah. found because it's like he's standing on tables saying crazy crap <laughs> and who knows if it's real. Yeah. So um, it's a fun ride. Um, but the cool part is, is the other stuff that we've built into the project. Mm -hmm. So there's the comic. And then on the back cover of every single issue is a riddle to solve. Mm -hmm. so if you solve the riddle, it'll either send you to like a group of other people that have solved the riddles, or you get to interact with one of the characters from the story. You might be sent to a YouTube video where it teaches you how to hack like a disc that they wear. Um, it might send you to a web page. If you put in the password, it has like um cdc videos of how they were testing on the undead mm -hmm. um so i built this whole like a rabbit hole that people can fall into yeah. where you get to explore and participate in the world and then we do short films with that yeah. <laughs> because wow. i love production right yeah so we do these short films that kind of explore the things that you're not gonna see in the comic because yeah. it's told from Jude St. Clair's point of view. So if he's not seeing it, you're not experiencing it. But there's so yeah. many other things that happen um, that I want to show. Yeah. So uh, the fun part is, is they're fan interactive. So uh, if you watch um, my, I have a YouTube, it's just Lori Calcaterra. Um, if you go watch the other short films, like the first one is a commercial for the undead retirement community, mm -hmm. you know, spliced with um riots and unrest so it's like a commercial you might see on the tv what we want you to think the world is versus what's actually happening in this yeah. world oh, that's awesome and then the second one we did uh there's a ton of fans that came out for it was a ton of fun uh we did we tackled conspiracy theories so what do people think broke death you know, mm -hmm. and they were allowed to say whatever they wanted and some of the mm -hmm. things that came out was really interesting a lot of people said food mm -hmm. um I don't know if anybody's been watching Last of Us, but they were yeah. talking about how yeah. it was like food related, yeah. which makes sense for it to be a global pandemic, because if it's like flour or sugar and it's contaminated, that's in like everything and yeah. we all get it. Right. So a lot of people in my conspiracy theory video, which came out before Last of Us, by the way, <laughs> uh, it was like sugar and like organic food, GMOs. Uh, McDonald's. Yeah. Um, but then people said crazy stuff like pygmies and voodoo <laughs> cats and <laughs> yeah. um all sorts of stuff. And then uh that one was fun. I usually do some stunts like um I got run over by a car at the end of that one. We did a shooting in the first one. Like we do we do fun stuff. Wow. And I have plans for like the next one. So it's like it it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, that sounds like it. Um. So now, where? Um. So if you can, where can people find you on social media and share your podcast, YouTube, um, all that Everywhere. information? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what? Uh, what are your? What are the? Uh, what's the username or channel or any or podcast yeah. title? 
Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, there's a Facebook group for Path of the Pale Rider. Uh, you're going to see a common theme here. Um, my Instagram is at Path of the Pale Rider with a uh, um, underscore between all the words. So at path underscore of underscore the underscore pale, blah, blah, blah. It's the same handle with all the underscores for TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, on Twitter, I'm at path pale writer. We have a webpage, www.pathofthepalewriter.com. Um, I'm on Charter Comics. You can find us there. You can order issue one, two, and the Choose Your Own Adventure book, which came out with this um, issue. Um, so that's chartercomics.com. Um, I have a show every Tuesday on the Comic Related Madness Network on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. Um, and that's Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we we do the same kind of thing. Like I, you can come on my show. Yeah, we'll launch your Kickstarter, right? And <laughs> yeah. it's like I'll have guests. Like I had Chuck Dixon. I get some actors and actresses on there as well. Margie Holden, um, just whomever. Like I have my other comic book friends know they come to me when they're launching their Kickstarter, so yeah. I can put them on the screen. Awesome. But we have fun and we talk about all sorts of stuff and we do panels and so we're there. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Ooh, Path of the awesome. Pale Rider, we're everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, that you know that that's great, and thank, it's really like a, a wealth of information. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for for being on the show. Absolutely, and uh, if you're making comics, come find me on the Madness. It's a comic related Madness Network, our comic related Madness group on Facebook. Um, there's huge communities out there for comic book creators, comic book artists, comic book writers. There's editor groups. There's um, connecting writers with artists. There's all sorts of resources out there um, that someone like myself or people in the in the community can point you in the right direction. So you already know all these things because you're there. But <laughs> some of them, but some, some, I'm, I'm learning a bunch yeah. now myself too. So this is great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. We can be found on all social media platforms at portable underscore hole. You can also find our videos on YouTube at Portable Hole Publishing, and you can email us at portablehole pub at gmail.com. <laughs>